This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. You know what happened this discussion with Bill O'Reilly just a couple of weeks ago? And this is what people are going to with me. We've got to stop playing all these other shows' promos in my show. People don't care about these other shows. That's why you get a 7.5. Just wasted three minutes on three other shows on this station. Don't do it here. you got to let me talk as much as possible. Right? I mean, that's not hard to figure out. you got big ratings. People love you. Keep talking. Stop playing other shows' promos throughout my show and wasting three or four minutes. Whoever's in charge of that, you need to stop doing that. I don't care whether there's spots or not. Stop doing it. It's a waste. Let me talk. I'll bring on a guest. I'll talk about my family. Whatever it is, it's going to be a lot more interesting than some cut from a show from last week. Nobody cares. Nobody. Stop doing it. All right. I'm the only guy in the business that'll actually say that on the air, but that's fine. Quickly, before I get to Frank Morano, we did, uh, Danielle and I went to a Tenafly on Saturday, our old stomping grounds. Had somebody to take care of there in New Jersey. And we did go back to the Tenafly Diner. We love that place. Turns out the owner, Dimitri, listens every morning, every morning. And his manager, Willie, Willie was my waiter when Ava was one 18 years ago. And we lived in Tenafly. They listen every day. So to Dimitri, Willie, and the crew at Tenafly Diner, good morning. Frank Morano does a tremendous job on the overnights. Gets huge ratings. Other side of midnight. Now he's on this show once a week because he's terrific. Frank Morano, happy post-Memorial Day, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Sid. Not quite as tan as you are and uh, <laughs> did not get to enjoy quite as many promos as your audience was treated to. I'm enough of that. But, uh, well, yeah, that's for sure. But I mean, I'm stupid. Great. great weekend. I'm glad. Yeah, you look good. I saw you this morning. You, you look uh, sunburned and rested and all that good stuff. But I told you the one story that really pissed me off this weekend there's this young lady, and if you own a law firm, I am begging you, do not hire this person. Don't do it. Somebody will, because AOC will speak up for her or one of these other, uh, one of her friends. Her name is Fatima Musa Muhammad. And during her commencement speech, commencement speech at a CUNY school, happened to be uh, New York law, she said, uh, and I quote, it's time for a revolution Got to take on the legal system's white supremacy. She blasted cops. She blasted the U.S. military and claimed Israel carries out indiscriminate murder. This is during a commencement speech. And I'm saying this as a taxpayer and a proud Jew who loves the state of Israel here in New York. I don't want to pay towards CUNY anymore because this is not the first time we've seen this from the faculty, from the students, what a bunch of low lives! My God, what is going on, Frank? Well, you know, I mean, I guess what do you expect when these people are being taught by professors that hurl machetes at reporters, right? But um, yeah. you have a situation where e- even a lot of leading Democratic politicians in New York, Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx, not considered a conservative by any means, said 
Imagine being so crazed by hatred for Israel as a Jewish state that you make it the subject of your commencement speech at a law school graduation. He termed this anti-Israel derangement syndrome at work. And I think he's right. I think you're right. I mean, why should the taxpayers be forced to subsidize something that's not only anti-Semitic, but blatantly anti-cop, blatantly racist, and blatantly anti-military? I mean, look, if you want to do that at a private university, uh, okay, that's one thing. But, I mean, I think to do this at, a, at an institution that enjoys billions of taxpayer dollars from the taxpayers of the city of New York, it's completely inappropriate. I think there needs to be some guidelines on these publicly funded universities considered acceptable speech at a commencement. I mean, free speech advocate, as you, as you know, sir, yeah. I don't – you know, I think people should largely be able to say what they want. Not this. But you shouldn't you shouldn't get it subsidized by the taxpayer. Yeah, $4.3 billion CUNY gets a, a year in taxpayer money. And I got to tell you, whether you like the mayor, Eric Adams, or not, I don't care. He had a speech a couple of weeks ago at a SUNY institution, and they turned their backs on him because they hate cops. So now you got CUNY, the City University of New York. You've got SUNY, the State University of New York, raising a whole generation of cop haters, military haters, Jew haters. I don't want to pay for it anymore. Something needs to be done today. Well, I, I think that, I think there are a lot of good students at, at CUNY, but the fact that they allow this – and by the way, she bashed CUNY as well. She bashed the school. She yeah. said the school um, cooperates with cops. Well, no, excuse me, continues to train and cooperate with the fascist NYPD. I mean, it's just it's, – yeah. it's totally inappropriate. By the way, I, I graduated from a CUNY school. I graduated uh, from Baruch. Uh, yeah, I know. It took me seven years, four schools, University of Miami, Brooklyn College, Kingsborough College, and Baruch. But I graduated, and I just got a text from our mutual dear friend, the great defense attorney, Arthur Idala. He says, I'm also a CUNY grad, and I'm sick over this. Uh, one more text for you, Frank, the lovely Kimberly Kravitz. She's in a car oh. right now with her father, Frankie, and Kyle listening to you and I. She called us the dream team. All right. Uh, this CUNY uh, well, story, uh, that's very nice. Yes, very nice. Uh, yes, this CUNY nice. story Congratulations is. Congratulations to Kim about to become an aunt and her, uh, I saw her that, father, yes. Frank, about to become a grandfather. Very yes, exciting. very, very exciting. Her sister, yes. So the other story I wanted to cover was uh, with you was uh, weeks ago, you did a, a great job on this. You sent a letter complaining about the judge who is in the Alvin Bragg, Donald Trump, Joe Tacopina case in that uh, you found out that this judge donates money to Joe Biden. And how could a judge preside over a case with Donald Trump when he, in fact, donates money to Trump's potential competitor? I thought it was a great job out of you, really great. And then I guess it turns out they sent you a letter Based on your complaint, I saw the letter, and it basically said, thanks for wasting our time and your time. Go away, <laughs> F you. Right? Is that about right? Yeah. And yeah. To be clear, I mean, people should be able to contribute whoever they want to, but judges are bound specifically by a code of judicial conduct and a code of judicial ethics that prohibits them making contributions to anybody. So this is what they sent me. 
Dear Mr. Morano, this will acknowledge receipt of your communication to the commission. The matters you note have already been brought to the commission's attention, and your communication will be added to that file. Because the commission's work is confidential by law, we cannot comment further at this time. And for your information, this is where it gets a little snarky. We've enclosed some background material concerning the commission, its jurisdiction, and its limitations. Uh, we do appreciate the concerns you have expressed. Thank you for running to the commission. Yeah, I, I'm sure they really do appreciate it. Please. Very. It was basically just a total form letter, you know. I mean, right, no exactly right. response yeah. at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, they just uh, changed the name. What is going on with that uh, Davidson radio group? I know my friend Inna Vernikoff who I'm endorsing, of course, in her uh, city council run in Brooklyn, my old neighborhood, the Midwood section, Sheepshead Bay, Brighton Beach, Manhattan Beach, that, uh, that fine area. What happened with that, uh, that radio group in Brooklyn? What was that all about? Well, look, um, you, you have this situation where this uh, Davidson, who has quite a following, and I'm sure we have a lot of the same listeners, but basically he is essentially the Russian Al Sharpton, uh, not in terms of ideology, but in terms of, kind of he's the go-to ethnic Russian uh, for New Yorkers and maybe even beyond that. And he, he has a following. A lot of uh, Russian-speaking people listen to Davidson Radio, and he does this thing where he basically shakes down politicians, where he'll say, hey, wouldn't it be nice if you bought a whole bunch of campaign ads on our station and in exchange, he'll support you. And am I to assume that – now, I know that uh, Inna is uh, – in her primary is running against a Russian guy who makes a lot of, quote-unquote, local radio appearances. Am I to assume this Davidson guy shaking down the politicians, that's him, yes? Well, the, you know, that's right. I mean, Ina did not buy uh, the ads that I guess Davidson thought was appropriate, so he went out and recruited – this other guy who's a friend of his to basically run against her, and he's going to try and mobilize all these ethnic Russians to vote against her in the primary. I don't see her working. Uh, I, mean, I don't see that strategy working. Uh, Vernikov is still very popular among Republicans, and I think she has appeal beyond the Russian community. So it'll be a competitive general election as well, but I don't see this uh, being a competitive Republican primary. Davidson, when he's run for city council before as a write-in or on the ballot, he gets about 10 to 15 percent of the vote. I would guess his candidate probably does slightly better than that this time around. But, no, I mean, what can you criticize her on? She's exactly where the district is on issue after issue. All right, one more minute to go. This really goes to show you how fierce Donald Trump is fighting Ron DeSantis, who will be in Iowa today. We know there's no love loss. In fact, they hate each other, Trump and Cuomo. Even I, in my short cell phone conversation with Cuomo about a month and a half ago, uh, got the, the feeling that Cuomo hates his guts because I defended Donald Trump. But here's how much he hates DeSantis. Are you telling me that Donald Trump has claimed that Andrew Cuomo handled COVID better than Ron DeSantis? Uh, that's right. I mean, I, I know it's a bizarre claim, but sure enough, um, he said, how about the fact, you know, that he had the third most deaths of any state having to do with China virus or COVID? Even Cuomo did better. He was number four. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, 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 you know, first of all, Florida had less uh, excess mortality than California or New York. And part of that is because 
states like California had excess mortality derived from this lockdown policy, which was totally avoidable. So, I, I mean, and uh, DeSantis pointed that out when he was on with uh, Ben Shapiro on his podcast. I mean, look, I, I understand where uh, Trump is coming from. He's looking to criticize everything DeSantis does. But, I mean, so much of the reason DeSantis won by such a wide margin in Florida is because he kept the state open and didn't see significantly more deaths than states like New York and California that had more stringent lockdown policy. And uh, I mean, I think when Trump does stuff like that, it causes a lot of supporters and detractors alike to kind of roll their eyes and shake their head. All right, 30 seconds to go. Are you going to see my dear friend Michael at the Talkers Convention at Hofstra this Friday? That's right. I had Michael on the radio this morning. We were talking about AM radio and Forge. I will be there. Uh, this Friday, unless he omits me from the heavy hundred, then I will be skipping it in protest. <laughs> but I, I'm on a panel, and I enjoy watching a lot of the panels yeah. and uh, meeting a lot of our colleagues from around the country. John speaking. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Brian Kilmeade is going to be speaking. I'm looking nice. forward to hearing what he has to say. Matt Meany is uh, going to be on the panel as well, apparently. So uh, WABC will be well represented at the Talkers Convention Friday. And don't wait. forget uh, Chad Lopez also speaking there on Friday. And I know Mike loves Sean Hannity. He always gets a large chunk of the mornings there. When is that uh, stupid list coming out? I told Michael Harrison a couple of weeks ago, if I'm in the low 20s, which I am almost every year, me and Bernard, and now the show's doing even better ratings-wise, revenue-wise, than it ever has, and I'm in New York, the toughest market in the world, if this show is not top 10, top 15, you could wipe your ass with that list. When is that stupid list coming out? I don't know. I would assume in the next day or two, though. But honestly, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they got guys, not listen, I've never heard of that are ahead of me because they're on 30 markets. Who cares about that? Get a 7-5 in New York City, then we'll talk. Anyway, uh, I love you. You're great. (laughs) Another great appearance. And we'll do it again next week, Frank Morano. Thank you so much. Brother, I love you, too. I'm glad you had a nice holiday. And uh, it's uh, a pleasure to always be on and to call you a colleague. My man, Frank Morano, tremendous job. Other side of midnight, 1 to 5 a.m. Every weekday morning here on WABC. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.